Welcome to the official Bathtub Refinishing Podcast, powered by Bathtub Guys Refinishing. This is where we discuss the refinishing industry, interview owners and operators, and give tips to customers and entrepreneurs. Now, here's your host, Daniel Montalvo. Coming to you guys live from the official Bathtub Refinishing Podcast Studio. Um, we're back, and uh, I got a pretty fun episode planned. We're going to do some fun stuff towards the end, um, so I would say stay tuned for that, where I'm going to read some reviews from some poorly rated <laughs> bathtub refinishers in our area. Obviously, I, I'm not going to show. I don't, I'm not doing this to roast the contractor directly or, you know, what they do, but more just so that I could laugh and maybe educate some of you guys if you guys run into similar problems so that you don't get lambasted by bad reviews. Uh, we made a couple of little uh, upgrades here in the studio. I like uh, our new little setup, and I'm going to go ahead. I'm still trying to figure it out, but you can see here uh, on the Zoom, uh, we got a Bob Ross bobblehead, a cool-looking astronaut pointing up at our uh, lit alien head neon sign over there um spongebob doing the meme face <laughs> I, I thought that was a good one and and uh uh saul from better call saul which is one of my favorite shows and so i'm um, just to give the studio a little bit more personality i also have these fluorescent lights on and these ones are actually tinted kind of like yellowish so it's kind of giving it everything a little bit more saturation a little bit more color and i think it looks nicer than you know, what we previously had, it just, it looks a little bit more lively. It looks a little bit more cool. I also got this, you can hear it. It's a puzzle where you have to take the, uh, this ball thing out of the cage. And, uh, so yeah, we got a couple of things here and, you know, as we go, I'm sure we'll add more things to the podcast studio, but you know, little by little, we're just doing what we can. For now, so let me go ahead and get my notes here, get them ready, so that we can talk about what we need to talk about. Um, so basically, what I wanted to start off today talking about was something that actually happened to me yesterday. So um, yesterday, we got a call from a hotel, which is you know always happens. It's normal, you know, they call, they want to schedule a meeting, and typically for residentials, I don't really go out in person and look at them because I can pretty much tell them what things are going to cost with a picture. Sometimes hotels um, are cool with that. Sometimes they want you to come look at them. And for good reason, I mean, you know, when you're doing a project or something, which is the case here, it was some uh, construction company. They were doing a project and they screwed some things up. And so they kind of want everything quoted by, they don't want like a end-all, be-all price. They kind of want a price per unit, you know, depending on what's needed. So some of them have scratches, some of them have chips. So that is pretty normal and that happens all the time. And if you guys hear... Uh, my dog, he's here hanging out. I took his collar off, so hopefully you don't hear him uh, ringing around. But anyway, you might hear him drinking water, eating. I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to do anything about it. He's here. He's my friend. So <laughs> he's invited on the podcast. <laughs> um, so basically, yesterday, me and my brother, you know, we clear our schedules. We're ready for this meeting about 1 o'clock, and uh, we get over there. So mind you, the guy had called me and said basically, hey, I'm going to have anywhere between 20 and 30 units, uh, you know, give or take a few. Some of them definitely need to be refinished completely. Other ones, 
Um, you know, they are, uh, they need chips repaired. They need scratch repairs. Some of them might just need to be buffed or something, whatever. Um, and he had mentioned to me, um, you know, Hey, uh, you know, how soon can you do it? And I'm like, well, I haven't looked at them. <laughs> so that's, you know, that's kind of annoying. Like I haven't seen something and he's asking me how much I can do. It just, it just depends. This is something that depends on what you got. So, um, but I did give him like, I'm like, well, if it's like 30 and they're all pretty standard, like normally with a full refinish, we could do anywhere from like seven to 10 a day, depending on the hotel's needs and stuff like that. So um, I kind of told him, you know, about that time and, you know, probably be a couple days, um, three or four, maybe two, two, three or four days. So go, okay, well, uh, come on by and all this stuff. And then he did something that annoys me so fucking much with people in construction. Uh, the hotels don't do this because the hotels have at least morality and, you know, they, they they always are like really good on customer service so they think you know i like to say think three-dimensionally like they, they think about these things before just calling someone up we got over there and the guy's like um yeah here are the rooms i need you to go walk them fine and then he's like i don't know are you guys ready to do some repairs today and i'm like no like why would we <laughs> Like we have, we're we're coming out to to quote the job, and the guy's asking me. Sorry, I'm looking, trying to see what my dog's up to. But anyway, um, we're coming out here to quote the job, and the guy's asking me if we're ready to do units today, when I haven't even given him a price. So you know, the thing I always like to think about in these scenarios is like, these are the types of people that like, they just expect, um. You know, people who like to be paid in beer, you know, those types of contractors to come over, throw them a number and be like, yeah, we'll take care of all of it in a day. Use some spray can shit just so that it looks nice and then walk away. And then who even knows if you're going to get paid? Because, I mean, if they're expecting you to work without a contract, then it's just, you know, it's a big mess. So basically... We wasted all this time getting ready, clearing our schedule to go over there. Guy says he wants to start units. Talks about us maybe processing processing them the same day. I'm like, that's out of the question. But uh, he's like, well, can you get it done by Monday? Because I need them done by Monday. Mind you, he calls me on a Tuesday. And, uh, you know, in my head, I'm just like, what the actual fuck? Like, what a disrespect of someone's time. If he would have told me from the beginning... Uh, because you know, anybody like in my head, I shouldn't have to like be like, well, um, you know, you have 30 units uh, just so that, you know, we can't do them like this week. I, I don't I don't know where like the, the, the disconnect is like that's just logical. Like I have stuff to do. We have our schedule. Like, I'm not going to have a crew just sitting there waiting for contractor A, B or C to give us a call and maybe, maybe, maybe give us some work. So. I was pretty annoyed about that. And he's like, well, basically, if you guys can't do it this week and get it done by Monday, well, then no, thank you. And I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, that doesn't give us time to, to get a proper, propo a proper proposal, get it approved, uh, get a contract. And when we work with contractors, we make them sign a contract because 
here's the thing about contractors, general contractors who work on hotels. A lot of the time, these companies are like, uh, they're what's called um, like preferred vendors for certain companies that hold hotels. So it was a Marriott. Marriott is uh, just the name that they lease. Some of them are owned by corporate, but most of them, they lease the name. They let people use the name and it helps the hotels out. And then they have private investors or a private investing company. And they usually have a preferred vendor that builds the hotels, probably really cheap. And uh, so I'm assuming that that's what was going on here. Um, so like that doesn't give me time for pretty much anything. And then on top of that, you know, like getting the quotes approved, all that stuff that, that needs to be done, getting insurance together, because it, a lot of people don't understand, like to work in a resort or a hotel, you need to have insurance. And so, you know, that wasn't discussed. The guy before even, you know, before me even seeing them, when he called us out to give a quote, he just assumes that we're going to do the work the same day. So in my head, I like, you know, after this, I'm already thinking this guy probably some general contractor that gets hired to do these hotels from this specific company. And it, in my opinion, I am like 99% sure that they had no intention on paying. Um, and the reason I think that is because I know that those contractors, those same contractors, they're not going to work for without a fucking contract. So why would they expect me to drop my whole fucking schedule without a contract and just go do work for them? Um, so it's just like something that's really annoying that happens it happens more than it should. I don't want to say it happens all the time because most of the time, uh, the majority of the time, we get calls directly from the hotels. And that's always best because they always are like planning this stuff months in advance. They don't, you know, leave everything for like the week before and expect you to process 30 units without giving a quote and all this other stuff. Um, and it's just unprofessional. So these general contractors, they get these jobs. They, you know, it, it's funny to me because they build these units like they, they do it so quick but they end up fucking up brand new tubs out of the factory and then they need to get them refinished um and then you know like that could have all just been avoided if they're a little bit more careful is my thing um but yeah like it, it's it's just <laughs> like it to me it's just a disrespect disrespecting my time if he would have came out outright and told me hey by the way, I need 30 units done and I need them done by Monday. I would have been like, hey, we're not the right fit. Obviously, you know, I don't have a crew just sitting around waiting for, you know, a contractor to fall out of the sky to give us work. And so, you know, I'm not even going to bother going. But we cleared our schedule for something that fell through in a matter of seconds. And so, you know, if you're a contractor listening and you've done that type of thing before, please don't. It's It's disrespectful and it's it really just wastes the time of the person you're trying to hire for the work. Um, you know, and, and it was just, you know, it was a type of scenario where like the guy wasn't even in uniform. He wasn't dressed nice or anything. He had his fucking dog, like in the middle of the hotel while they were like working on it. And like, it's just like, this was sketch. And, uh, you know, I kind of want to segue into the next topic because this happened to me and there's people out there who maybe were in the same shoes. Like, you know, a guy comes in, tells last minute, hey, I want this. And they actually can go out and do the service the same day or the same week and they don't have much else going on. And so they're tempted to just say yes. To those people, I say, 
sure, go ahead and do it, but don't you fucking dare to work without a contract. Um, don't do it. Don't do it. Do not work without a contract. And if and when you're working directly with a hotel, it's kind of a little bit different. But if you're working especially with a general contractor, do not work without a contract. Because a lot of the times those people are from out of state. And uh, once they're done building the hotel, they go back to their state in the fucking Midwest and you never hear from them again. Um, they don't give warranty on any of the shit that they're doing, all that stuff. So, like, you're not going to hear from them. And then if you go to the hotel and tell them, hey, we did all this work, you know, let's say you're a contractor, you went and you did the 30 tubs without a contract, and for whatever reason the payment thing falls through and you don't get paid on that work, well, now it's, it's your problem, man. It's your problem because the hotel is going to be like, well, you got to take that up with the general contractor because we hired them and they hired you. It's like, and so what I do is I make the general contractor sign a document. I also make the hotel sign a document basically saying like general contractor is going to agree to pay me. But if he doesn't pay me, then, you know, I'm charging the hotel. So, um, and sometimes what ends up happening is the general contractor is like, fuck, I don't want to deal with this. If he's going to make the hotel pay for it anyway, then just work directly with the hotel and they'll kind of give the hotel the rain for that specific thing. That also helps when it comes to pricing because a lot of the times general contractors will uh, charge like really cheap on the bathtubs. And so what will happen is, um, you know, they'll be like, oh, I only want to pay like 150 or 175. And then they'll turn around and send a bill to the hotel for 250. And it's so that they can make money off of hiring you um, without doing anything. So, I mean, and that's fine. That's how a lot of contractors operate, but it's just not, not how I want to do business um, most of the time. And if, if the contractor is cool and they agree to our pricing and our terms, and on top of that, they sign our contract, I'm cool. We can work it out. And uh, usually everything goes well. Um, but if a contractor ever asks you, like, oh, no, 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 you don't get it. We're subcontracting you, and you have to sign our document, and they don't want to sign yours, don't do it. Don't do it. because. And if they ask you why they, you want a contract signed from them, you tell them for the same reason that you want a contract signed from the hotel so that you get paid and you have a legal document certifying that they said that they're going to pay you. Um, it's not rocket science. It's, it's not rocket science, guys. Like, um, do not work without a fucking contract. And, and it, this kind of goes like I've talked about this in the earlier episodes of the podcast when I was just doing this back at home. Um, don't work without some form of paperwork, even residential. So kind of segueing into residential. If you do more residential, you kind of don't do the commercial stuff. Always have some sort of document, whether it be we, we have a work authorization form. And so what it does is it authorizes us to be on the property. But it's because uh, sometimes you're working in a vacant property and a neighbor will see you. And let's face it, if you have a technician that's of African-American descent and they have dark skin, sometimes the old whiteies will look over there and be like, um, that guy's breaking into the house. It doesn't like they'll see him in uniform and everything and they'll call the cops and make a whole big show about it. So I always make the homeowner 
whether it be someone who's flipping the property and, and not going to be there and just needs pictures, you know, you either make them sign the work authorization electronically or in person and preferably, you know, have like some sort of, oh, like lockbox combination so that, you know, it, you can get in and you have proof that you have the authorization to be there. But the signature is usually enough because it says we authorize the work and, and, and... We authorize the work and payment in full upon completion. So when the job is complete, that is when the payment is due. Um, do not let any jackass out there who thinks that they could run a renovation from their fucking cell phone while they're at work or on vacation tell you that, oh, well, I'm on a business trip or I'm working and I'm going to be here X, Y, or Z day. And when I come look at it, if everything looks good, then I'll pay you. Don't fucking do that shit. Do not allow them to do that to you. Because what, what that does is basically make you fall behind on your pay. Uh, whether it be paying your crew, paying your bills, whatever the fuck. And those people don't seem to get that through their head. You're doing the work now. I, you don't get paid later. You get paid now. You did the work now. Um, the only exception is usually hotels and resorts, and though I loathe the fact that this is the reality, hotels and resorts usually invoice out every 30 days, and that's kind of how they do it. It's, a, it's an industry practice. I don't see it changing anytime soon. There are certain hotels that could probably pay you with a company card if it's an emergency or if it's an incidentals thing. Um, but normally, when you're doing a project, one after the other or something like that, every 30 days every 45 days, every 60 days in some rare occasions, that's kind of the payment, the payment terms. And you got to account for that when you price for hotels. You got to account for that, which is kind of what we were talking about last week. Don't just, don't just be the cheapest out there for the hotels because you got to take into account that you're not going to see that first check for about a month. And so after that, kind of, you know, if you're working in there for like six months, eventually it'll catch up and you'll get to the point where you're getting a check a week. But um, you got to account for that stuff in the beginning. Um, so um, for residentials, always make them sign a document agreeing to your payment terms, agreeing that you are, have authorization to be there. And uh, that'll get you out of a lot of trouble. And it'll also get you, uh, you know, have your terms of your warranty, whatever you cover. We cover failures of adhesion, discoloration, stuff like that. Things that are failures of the application itself. We do not cover if some fucking jackass hits to the tub with a hammer, like, or if a some contractor drops a, a tile or something. Like, that's not covered by the warranty. So, um, have your terms laid out. And when they sign that document, they're agreeing to the terms. So, you know, you can add something on there, like, agree to, you know, to all the terms and payment in full upon completion and all that stuff, work authorization, everything. So you can kind of try to package it all in, get as much information onto one sheet of paper so that uh, they just see it and sign it. Most people, overwhelming majority, overwhelming majority, I can't talk. Uh, they'll look at the document, make sure that the price is right, make sure that the services are right, that their information is listed right. They wouldn't even bother reading the little terms and conditions or flip to the back and look at the warranty side and see what they're agreeing to, and they'll just sign it. Um, and obviously, you don't want to be a jackass with the warranty. You don't want to be, like, you know, telling people, like, oh, it's falling off. Well, in the back of the paper, it's, like, no. 
within reason. Like if they tell you that they dropped the freaking hammer in there, you got to be like, hey, like there's a service call fee to go fix it. Or we gonna, we're going to charge you to go fix it. Or we don't cover accidental damage. Sorry. Like make that stuff clear in the beginning. Don't surprise people after. And uh, that should kind of be something that also is said not only vocally, but, you know, um, not, not only on the paper, but vocally. So, like, when the technician is running down how to take care of this stuff correctly, don't use abrasives, don't use this stuff. On that, you know, he should also, also mention, hey, if you, if you accidentally damage it, just know, like, that's not covered by the warranty. And we'll be able to tell, because you are able to tell, and you got to stick to your guns when that happens, and you got to tell them, like, you know, the, the best way, and I found this is the best balance, is fix it anyway, right? But let them know that you know that it was accidentally damaged. The reason you fix it anyway, you're providing good customer service. If that person has a good experience and they think, well, I, I, you know, I got away with one, but he knows. Like, he actually knows that I messed it up and he was still willing to fix it. They're going to be a little bit more hesitant to do it again. And they're also, uh, you know, they're going to respect you. Because they're going to see that you're just dedicated to customer service. And that's, that's good. So our philosophy here at Bathtub Guys typically is like, if it's clear brazen, like you can see scratches on it or something, I'm like, hey, guy, come on, please. Like if, it, if it's something that the entire thing needs to be redone, I'm like, please. But sometimes someone drops something, it's like a little area, takes fucking 10 minutes to fix. I'm going to go fix it. I'm going to go fix it, but I tell them, like, hey, like, I know, I know, you know, that it got messed up. It's fine. We'll fix it as a courtesy. But, you know, usually I do that once. Never again do I hear from people. And, uh, again, like I said, they, I think they're a little bit more hesitant to do it a second time. Um, a lot of the time you got to remember you're dealing with people who are either buying the house right away or flipping the house so if they're buying the house, you could assume that they're moving things into the bathroom. Things are going in and out. And so, you know, they might drop something and damage it. Or they might be installing shower doors and damage it because, they, you know, they want their bathroom to look nice. And on the other side, if they're selling the house, they might be doing other renovation work in there. And so that's where things can get damaged and, you know, cause a bigger problem. Um, so let me start, I will take a look at my phone here. Make sure that, you know, because I'm sorry, I, I'm taking a little break from talking just so I could make sure that nothing super important is going on right now. Because I'm working while I'm doing this. So, all right. So, basically, you know, don't work without a contract. Don't let people, you know, push you around. Uh, you know, get your warranty in order. Make sure it's fair. You know, cover things that need to be covered. Like, if you don't use your acid etching and it falls off, go and fucking do it right, man. Or just don't do it. Or just don't don't do it. And don't don't work in this business if you're not going to abide by the quality standards that should be met. Um, and you know, yeah. So just just don't do that. I want to stay too long on this on the same topic, but please, like, if you're not gonna if you're not gonna do the process right, don't do it. Don't do it at all because you're just giving refinishing a bad name. You're ruining the industry, man. Go ruin some other industry that's already established. Don't ruin something that's new. That You don't want to give people the wrong impression about something that they, that, that's still new. A lot of people don't even know that this stuff exists. Um, and now that we were just talking, I'm, see, I'm trying to like 
segue the show a little bit. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know how long this episode's going to be, but, you know, we'll see. But anyway, um, you know, we're talking about material and doing the process correctly. And something that I was thinking about, because I know that the last couple of weeks I've kind of been talking about how hotels and resorts don't really, you know, want to pay. And I think a lot of it comes down to uh, even when you get a good quality job, um, all they see is like the negativity, you know, the negative aspect. If they see, you know, a chip or something in there, they like, oh, you know, look at this material, look how it looks, you know, it's probably not the best stuff. And so I think that the perception of a refinisher to them is like, they're all the same. So that's kind of why, why I want to do a podcast. I want to get people on here. That's kind of why I'm giving these tips because I have been doing this since I graduated high school, but my family has been doing this for 30 years. Like my dad did this for 30 years. We have, we have built up methods and we have lasted this long because we do things a little bit differently. And I think it's things that can advance the industry. I'm not going to keep secrets because there's no secrets. It's all just things that, uh, you know, that are, that I could tip you guys on and make you guys better people in the industry, better refinishers in the industry, help you um, as business owners as well and advance the industry and kind of change these perceptions that people have about the work that we do. Um, So kind of going into that, I personally think that um, to to certain respects that the coding industry for bathtub refinishing is not advancing fast enough and i think that it's kind of a it's kind of a shame because i like all the time i see uh you know those videos of like people doing the pour on epoxy countertops or materials like uh i I made notes because i forget the names there's just so many of them uh armor epoxy liquid tub liner echo pell 2k is another one um and those, those are for bathtubs, liquid tub liner, armor epoxy, and Echopel. Um, but, I mean, there's video tutorials that, you know, it makes it look like the easiest thing in the world. And anything is the easiest thing in the world when you've done it a thousand times. But um, this is stuff that's poured on. It's poured on really thick. And, uh, you know, it looks to have a steep learning curve. And uh, I'm, I'm going to test some in the shop, and I might, you know, make a video testing out i want to try out echopel specifically because we've tried liquid tub liner before echopel's poured on and it comes out really thick and there's a lot of benefits to it but i've seen so much mixed reviews a lot of people say you know a lot of people have great results and like it has like a 15 1500 reviews and like four and a half stars on amazon which is pretty good for a product that's being sold as a diy product although a lot of people who comment on the reviews say that they're professionals or they've done a lot of DIY before. And, you know, it is difficult, even though the results are good, there is a steep learning curve. And honestly, like the way I think about it is like the benefits of spraying on a coating are that the learning curve is, there's a learning curve, but it's not like that where you're dealing with, like you're just banking on everything to sit well and not dry too fast. And it's like you can control more. 
with a spray gun and HVLP system. So in my mind, I'm thinking, why hasn't anybody in the coatings industry come out with something that's higher solids? Because uh, we use a material that's high solid, low density. So it's a high level solid that's strong and, you know, it'll resist stuff and, and we warranty it. Most people warranty it for five, we warranty it for seven. Um, but it'll last that long. It'll outlast that, honestly. Um, but it's a low density, which means it's not sprayed on super thick like those countertop epoxies or like an echo pelt or armor epoxy wood or liquid tub liner. It's sprayed on, and compared to that, I mean, it's thin. Um, comes out good. It lasts a long time. It's, it's, it's durable material. But if from what I understand, most high solid, low density uh, materials aren't like 50-50, and I could be wrong. I'm just, this is from what I've been reading, but a lot of people have been saying that there's like 90 10 or like 70 30. And I, in my mind, I just think that maybe the spray equipment might be the reason why we're not there yet, where we can spray on like a thick glaze, like a, you know, I'm talking about like maybe like a quarter, a half inch of material where it's really on there. Because I think. That there, there's ceramic coatings that, you know, you can hit with a hammer and nothing happens to them. And I've seen people use them in videos on the countertops, on cars. Some, the, the, the ones that I see a lot are for cars, and those are sprayed on. And they're like really heavy-duty stuff. And so, you know, compared to the automotive industry, it looks like the bathtub refinishing industry is lacking, which is, is kind of surprising to me because... This is an industry where, like, everybody in the world has a freaking bathtub. Well, you know, most people do. And, uh, you know, when you take into account the cost of replacement, um, I just think that there should be more advancement in the industry. So I don't know if it's a problem. I, you know, I was theorizing that maybe, you know, the, obviously low, it's low density, high solid low density, because the, if it's too dense, it won't shoot to the spray gun. I get that. But... What if someone designed a spray gun to shoot that material? Now, what would you know? What would be what would be the result of that? Also, what would be the result if someone designed a gun that could shoot the same high solid, low density stuff that we use, um, but shoot it thicker and shoot thicker coats um, to the point where you do get like a big you know protective layer on there? Or is there something that exists that's like that? Uh, that's not rolled or poured on that still has the control of a spray on finish um, so it's just something that I've been thinking about and if anybody has um, you know they know of something like that or or uh, you know a product that's good that they use that goes on really thick like that I would love to know about it um, you know we've we've used a company called Midwest Chemical for a long time they make great products, and the guy there, Ed, is really, really uh, good and helpful and stuff. But, um, And I don't think it's necessarily a fault of him. I, I think the industry as a whole, most of them use the same stuff. I mean, Top Coat uses similar material. Hawks uses similar material. Uh, you know, Refinished Bass Solutions, before they started pushing Ecopel Heavy, they use similar stuff. So, um, you know, and also, the, you know, the hazard of it, you know, um, from that aspect too, I think that you know the materials haven't advanced um, 
as fast as they should. When I see automotive coatings and I see it coming out of the spray and I see how thick it's laid on there, I'm just thinking in my head, like, why hasn't this happened for this industry yet? And, you know, theoretically, like, what would happen if you use that on these bathtubs and how would it work? Would it work just as well? Like, those are all things that I kind of have a question about. And I'm just kind of, I'm kind of just more sharing my thoughts and like kind of what I've been thinking about it more than like supplying some sort of thing of value to you guys. I'm just, you know, maybe you guys can help me out. If you know more about the technical side of the actual coatings, maybe you can help me kind of understand why that doesn't exist, why it can't exist, why uh, maybe the spray equipment, you know, why maybe that wouldn't work. I would really, really love to know. Um, so let me see how much time I've talked your guys' ears off today. We did about, about 32 minutes. We're about 32 minutes in. Um, so basically I wanted to touch a little bit right now on, um, I get this question a lot from people, um, more than you would think. And let me adjust my boom arm. I mean, I'm on, I'm on having all sorts of problems right now. <laughs> um, so I get this question a lot from people and it's basically like, um, you know, I just tapped this button by accident. That was cool. I'm going to turn this down just in case I turn, do it again. But anyway, I get this question a lot from people on how to advertise or where should I be advertising or how do you advertise? And so I kind of want to share a little bit about that, not going too into depth because I would love to do an episode just about this. But And I've done some in the past where I give a lot of good information, but I'm going to give you guys some, some tips here that can help you. Um, if you're new in contracting or, you know, doing contract work in general, not just bathtub refinishing. You got to ask yourself, where historically have people advertised? Historically, right? So think back to the 70s, 80s. People historically, in those times, the most people's attention was on the newspaper. And, you know, you know late 70s, early 80s, the television, and also, let's not forget the radio. That's where most people's attention were on those three mediums. Today, the overwhelming majority of people's attention is on social media. So I always preach this, and uh, social media is more important than anything else. Social media is the difference between you being here in like five years and being successful. So, you know, what do I post on social media is a, is a question that I'm sure many of you have. Well, what do you like to see on social media? When you sit there as a person who's in the contracting world and you see a time lapse of someone refinishing a tub uh, or a time lapse of someone re-epoxying or epoxying a countertop uh, or you see a video of the progress being made on building a home, and you sit there and you watch the entire thing and thousands of other people have commented and liked and shared it, maybe that's what you should be posting. And uh, if, you know, oh, how do I get started and what, what equipment do I need? All you need is this right here, baby. You guys already got it, man. You guys got the iPhones. Get your iPhone out. Get your Android out. Record what you can within reason and 
start making some content and before you know it you'll start getting really good at it um me personally i'm a guy in my fucking early 20s what do i like i like memes so i post memes uh i like uh i like before and afters i like uh um you know seeing something destroyed and ugly and showing that contrast of what refinishing could yield as far as results so i like to show like i had a guy comment the other day one of my posts which was a green shower and i went out and i did the cost estimate for the person and this video was um i kind of just thought of it when i was there because normally we don't like i said we don't do in-person estimates this gentleman paid for us to do an in-person estimate um it's all the way in buttfuck egypt fucking poinciana <laughs> so we went over there well i went over there uh, it was vacant and I figured, hey, I'm going to shoot like a little video because this is something that I would be interested in if I was looking to get refinishing done. I went over there, took a look at it. I'm like, so, you know, this is Daniel with Bathtub Guys. Um, you know, uh, so this is what we're looking at. You could see that it's green. It's a fiberglass shower. It's green. It looks like a mess. It's peeling everywhere. And it's going to cost the guy a pretty penny. But I'll let you guys know if we get the job, you'll get a before and after. And, uh, you know, if we don't get the job, well, then just take it as something that we encounter. So what I did there was basically not set the content up so that it's dependent or contingent on the fact or contingent on whether or not we get the job. Because it, it could have I could have easily been rejected the job um, and then still posted that and showed like this is an example of something that we encounter that can be refinished. It could be restored. But it did help emphasize that the guy did go through the, with the job and we got to show the contrast of the before and after. Look at this ugly, terrible-looking fiberglass shower that was painted green with wall paint. And look how, you know, bathtub guys restored it and made it look beautiful and new. I mean, it came out looking brand new. And the guy really loved it. Um, so those are things that you can post. What, you know, like, like take my example, if you're in the bathroom refinishing industry, before and afters are an excellent way to display what you do. Um, I would say lean more towards the side of video because video retains people's attentions longer. Let's just face it, a picture is something that you can see and process in a matter of seconds. But if they have to sit there and watch something, they're investing more time, which means they're investing more in you. Um, time is valuable. Like I always say it, man, time is everything. Time is money. If they're investing their time to look at you, look at your video, maybe they don't buy on the first time or the second time. Or maybe they don't even need refinishing in general. But maybe they come across your videos, they'll start following your page because they just love seeing the transformations. And maybe one day they're bathtub chips and you know who they're going to call? They're going to call you if you're the guy. So, And I also do uh, tips. I do customer tips. I do refinisher tips because part of my business plan is to help some of you out there. So, uh, you know, help ref other refinishers. So I do refinisher tips for those people. Now, I also try to make the refinisher tips digestible for someone who's a customer. And the reason that I do that is so that they can kind of, you know, if they see something that I say not to do or to do, uh, you know, they can determine whether or not that contract is a good fit based off the refinisher tips. Like if these people are saying, you know, you don't want someone who does it like this, you know, maybe I should second guess who I'm hiring or ask them why they're not doing it in this case or whatever the heck. And uh, for the customer tips, um, I kind of try to do the same thing. I try to kind of try to make it play both ways. So I, I, like, for example, I had a customer tip that said to remove your personal items to get the area ready for uh, refinishing. Well, 
it's kind of a double-edged sword, and it's kind of like a, a two-in-one tip for people when they see that. Number one, I make the tips really nice. You know, I put a lot of visual aids, little gifs and stuff, and the text. I put colorful backgrounds, make everything look, you know, fun. And, uh, you know, someone reads that who's about to be finished, and they're like, oh, well, you know, I should tell customers to, you know, get their stuff out of the, your personal stuff out of the bathroom and kind of get it ready for me. So, and then the customer also is like, well, you know, in case he doesn't tell me, I already have that knowledge. So you go on our Instagram page, you can see tons of examples of things that we just found to post. Another thing that's big on Instagram, Facebook, and all that is putting up quotes. And we put up like kind of like inspirational business quotes, but things that we live by and that I believe in. Um, I had one the other day that, uh, funny enough, because the All-Star game was coming up, and I was kind of looking for a baseball-y one. And uh, it was one from Babe Ruth that said, today's home runs don't win yesterday's games. Uh, or yesterday's home runs don't win today's games. That was it. So, yesterday, you know, like the success of stuff that happened before isn't always going to fly. It's not always going to work. And that's something that kind of speaks to me because I'm the guy that's always preaching like stuff that worked in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s is not how we do business today. It's not how things work today. So that resonated with me. That's another thing, you know, it's got to be something that you believe in and that you like to do. I like to make those posts. Also, putting your reviews up as a visual aid is very important. Uh, you know, putting your, your reviews up as a visual aid is very important uh, because it makes people more likely to read the reviews if it's presented in a fun way. And then also, there's a certain number of people that might want to just go and write a review just to get posted on the Instagram, you know, you know, because we write the review in the name of the person who, who did the job. And I don't doubt that there are people, there are people who have seen those reviews. They hire us. And then they go and write a review in hopes of being presented on the Instagram page. And so, you know, and I, I, I also get customers for the before and afters to sometimes send me a video of the before. And they're like, hey, post it on the social media. And we do. And they like to have their bathroom kind of featured on our social media page. So there's tons of things you can post. You know, I'm sure that, you know, even if you do roofing or, or drywall, you can find things to post. I mean, there was a guy who... Uh, does drywall on TikTok, and he just shows him filling in the, the screw holes for the boards and stuff. It's like, like, and and he gets millions of people watching him. There's a guy who he puts like sprinkles and Oreos and stuff inside the plaster, and just makes like it just looks like frosting. People were like, oh my god, like these videos are so soothing or so entertaining or whatever the heck. You can find stuff to post. Whatever you you like, post it. Um, make stuff that people would want to watch that you would want to watch most importantly because um, you know if you're not having fun making it and if you if you don't like what you're making no one's going to buy it you know what i mean people like people who are authentic who do things that they believe in so don't just do it you know don't just don't just do it to do it um so yeah with social media man it's really important that's where people's attention is and uh there's a couple ways to go about it like the, all the stuff that i just mentioned is free there's a, i'm gonna put you guys on right now go into the app store there's a lot of apps that let you design you know do whether it be memes or uh you know video editing on iphone um there's the imovie uh editor which is fantastic we use that and so uh, you could use that stuff to produce these things. Uh, you don't have a fancy microphone like this one. 
your phone microphone is fine. Open the recording app, record from there. If you use TikTok, it has a voiceover feature. So if you want to do a voiceover of your before and after, fantastic. You could do it through there. The quality is really, really good. Um, and all this stuff is free. Uh, granted, you know, that you have an, uh, uh, a smartphone. Um, some paid ways to do advertising is, well, first you got to have content. So start the free route, get content out there, get something that you're interested in, that you like to do, that you think fits your brand and what you want it to stand for. And the good ones where you see a lot of reaction, you see, you know, oh, this one got 10, 15 likes, this one got four or five. Those ones that stood out, believe me, they stand out for a reason. And once you find the reason that it stands out, attack it and push it to the forefront. And those are the ones that you want to put money behind by either doing boosts on um, Instagram, which, by the way, if you're using copyrighted music, you cannot use it to advertise. Uh, we do before and afters, and sometimes we use copyrighted music from TikTok, which we're allowed to post, but we're not allowed to run as ads because we don't have the rights to the music. So for our ads, what we do is we use the same before and afters, cut the music out in an editing software, and then what we do is put in like a royalty-free song um, and that's kind of how we do it, and we amplify those posts. Uh, for posts that don't have music, that doesn't apply to you. Just make sure you're not using copyrighted images um, and stuff like that. So uh, there's plenty of ways to do it. Instagram boosts are really good. Facebook boosts. It, it'll boost the post and basically get more eyeballs on it. Um, putting out targeted ads is, is fantastic. I've touched about it. Like it's not, this show is not going to be all about this, but maybe I'll do another show where it's kind of more into depth on the businessy side of everything. Um, but, uh, you know, targeted ads, I've said it before, say it again, fantastic. It's a difference maker in business. If you're not doing it, consider doing it. Um, you know, you can target, if you run a deli and you sell, you know, Italian subs, you can target within a 20 mile radius men in their 20s to 50s who like subs and target those people specifically. Like, that's how in depth you can go with targeted ads. And tar I know targeted ads has changed a little bit because of uh, some things with iPhone users and stuff like that, but. Most people, they'll say yes to the user agreements on Facebook. So Facebook knows what you like. They spy on us. You know, you talk about Tide Pods enough and you'll get some ads on there. Uh, I'm probably going to get ads for some Italian subs after this. I might just go have one. <laughs> but, um, you know, you can, you can get really down to the nitty gritty of who your audience is. And once you know who your audience is, it's just a matter of, putting money towards them and showing them that you exist and that you're a viable option for them. Um, and so Facebook ads are a big difference maker. Typically what I recommend is run three or four or five different types of ads, see which ones perform best and then push those to the forefront, but don't ever stop trying new things because tastes and what people like changes. So maybe before and afters are super hot for you right now for the next couple of years, but maybe after that, time lapses are all the rage. So you want to be always kind of dabbling and seeing, you know, oh, a lot of people like this one too. So maybe I'll kind of keep this on the back burner or use these every now and then or cycle between these two just so that you don't become stagnant and people don't get tired of seeing because there's a lot of repetition. 
um, you know, and repetition is good until it's not. Once you get put into a box of like this guy only posts this stuff and I'm just tired of seeing it, you know, you just you always kind of want to mix it up. And that's kind of like what I did on that post where some people might have clicked on there looking for the regular before and after, but I came on screen with my face and I'm like, hey, I'm here doing a cost estimate and it's different. It's good to throw things in there, mix it up. Coincidentally, that one got a lot of views and people liked it. And so I know that, you know, if I need some new content, I can start shifting more towards something like that. Um, and, uh, you know, it could help out the business side of things a lot more. Get more eyeballs on you. Get more people, you know, ringing the phone. Get more people texting you. It's all things that are important, obviously, when you're in business. So those are just some tips. I'm trying to think of maybe there's anything. Oh, another one, and I've, t I've talked about it before, but just really quick. Use your Google My Business page. Use your Google My Business page. Use it. Um, I like to call it like the front page of Google. Um, when you Google a company, you get all the paid ads on the top. That's going to attract a certain number of people. But there are always people, and I'm one of them, that I just scroll past all of that and I look down because I'm not going to hire someone without looking at the reviews. There's, a, there's people who do, and that's fine. But the top part of the page before you start scrolling down is usually all paid ads. And then it comes up to Google My Business and you can see the reviews there. Um, and sometimes it's paid, but it has a little badge that says it's an ad. Most of the time they show the local contractors in your area with the highest rating. So use your Google My Business page. They, they reward you for being active and they reward you for getting people to write reviews. Um, so get people to write reviews. I'm going to touch a little bit on that later. Get, get people to write reviews uh, and post on there all the time. When people see, you know, for us, they see the Bathtub Guys regular webpage. They see that our Instagram links come up when they search Bathtub Guys and they see our Google My Business page with all our reviews and that we're active and post multiple times a day. Well, they think, okay, you know, I, I could trust these people. They exist. So use your Google My Business page. It's really, really important. All right, so we're going to get into, <laughs> this is going to be really fun. Um, I am setting up um, to do kind of like a little thing where I look at the worst reviewed refinisher that I can find today. I'm not going to, obviously, I'm not going to expose them. I'm not going to. I'm not going to, you know, put their name out there or anything, but I'm going to go ahead and put it on the video. And We're going to read reviews. I'm blocking out the name. We're going to re read reviews. Hopefully you guys get something out of it. And uh, I can kind of comment on what they did wrong, how to maybe fix it. I'm going to go real quick to that screen now. All right. Bear with me. All right. I believe if everything is set up correctly that we have started. So, um, so this is a review from uh, Cosma Lazari. Uh, again, I'm not going to say the name of the company, uh, but this review is, I'm going to go ahead and read it now. Do not give this company any business. You will regret it. Consumer beware. Be aware. Okay. This guy's a scam artist. He took some money up front to buy the paint. Do not, oh, the paint to do my bathtub and tile walls. 
He never returned or did anything. The only thing he does is tell you excuses and how all terrible things to happen to him and his family. After calling him numerous times and asked for his, my money back, he blocked my number, so I will stop asking for my money back. Also be aware that he has other companies that he does the same thing. Uh, New Again Tub and Tile and Tile Reglazing. So I guess, I mean, there's a name. I don't know if they're exactly related because I... I don't think that this is true right here, this comment calling him new again, tub and tile, uh, because those people actually have stellar reviews compared to this guy. So uh, maybe they just think they're the same because they have a guy with the same name. But anyway, this is something that's common. When you don't read reviews, this person has an average of, he has 50 reviews, a 3.3 star average, and this is what happens when you hire people Basically, based solely on price or you don't do proper research. Anybody comes on here and sees that this guy obviously is doing something wrong. And, uh, you know, you know, we're going to go through the reviews because I want to get more to the stuff about, uh, you know, the quality of the work. This guy came into my home and talked my ear off about honesty and integrity and the quality of his work. If you look at the picture attached, this is what his work would look like six months after I should have known because he did not answer messages timely and he always was rescheduling with random excuses. I made a mistake of hiring of hiring him. Whatever you do, do not hire this guy. I learned from my mistake. All right, let's take a look at these pictures. All right. So this right here is, well, there's a couple of things. Um, number one, that right there looks like the primer showing through that kind of discoloration there. Um, and it's also peeling. So more than likely what happened here is that he sprayed his top coat on too thin. Um, and that's the result of that. And because it's thinning out now it's penetrating, the water's penetrating through the primer and causing peeling. Um, but if you can see like most refinishers use like a bone or like a, uh, just a different color primer than the top coat just so that they could see it very clearly. And you could see this discoloration going on here. It's kind of like a beige bone color, and the actual finish itself is white. So the chances of this guy, uh, of, of it being a primer problem uh, or a, a top coat problem is probably super-duper high, and uh, that's more than likely the, the issue here. So that was uh, Joe Dom. Uh, and we're going to go ahead and go to the next one. I don't know how many I'm going to do until I'm kind of bored. So just bear with me. Joseph, uh, I don't know if I don't want to read this, this big one. This, I, I, I want to go. Yeah, you see like these ones with pictures. I like that. Never on time and poor quality. He had to come back numerous times to fix errors. And the last time he didn't even bother returning. He was never even at my house for more than 15 minutes at a time. He would ruin it, spray, and run out. I was left with gray paint on white tile. Or wait, gray paint on white, white paint on gray, paint runs, and more. I, also, I had to do cleanup, remove tape, paper from all the surfaces. You know, return that. Return for that. Uh, paint brush marks on the floor. Jesus. What is this guy doing? Last time he spoke, he said he had to go to town for a few days. So return and finish when he got back, he never did. <sighs> Do your research, guys. This guy's had terrible reviews before this even happened. And look at this. Um, I mean, clear as day example of 
not masking. Uh, he's just not looking at what the fuck he's masking. I mean, this guy, I mean, what the actual heck? He did not seal that off properly, so he got the black on the white, and that's an issue. It's something that really is a really easy fix, so there's a lot of, a lot of incompetence coming from this guy. I mean, clearly, like, all you got to do is give it a light sand and touch it up with some white paint, jackass. I don't know why you got to make a big deal out of it. It's not that big of a deal. And here, this is no big deal. You know what you do when you got this? Because, you know, customers, like, for this right here, uh, I don't, uh, you know, I don't necessarily think it's as big of a, of, of a problem as she's making it, this person here. Uh, you Obviously, he could have done better taping this off, but a simple fix is just to caulk this. Put some caulking over it, seal it in there. You got to remember when you're spraying two different colors, there is a chance that it could bleed. One of them is fresh, one of them is dry, and so it could bleed through. But, you know, he could have done a little bit better, maybe with a razor blade, cut some of the excess off. But really, just a fucking thick caulk line there would fix that. So um, let's go to another one. I'm going to go open this back up. All right. This person, well, they didn't post pictures, but we're going to read this one because it's not that long. Do not use. I wish I could give this business negative stars. These photos were taken on the day of, after, the day after he finished his quote-unquote work. He charged me $300 and completely botched my tub. Then instead of coming to fix it, all I got from him was excuse after excuse. He would set times then not show up. Honestly, between the shoddy job, the overspray of, of paint all over my bathroom, and his total lack of accountability, I could have tied a paintbrush to my dog's collar and dropped him into the tub for a better finish. Jeez, man. Wow. Uh, really, really, really unfortunate um, experience, man. I'm sorry that happened to you. Um, but... Unfortunately, this is the reality when, like, like I said before, if you, if you go with people just based solely on price or you don't do your research, you are going to, you're going to get a bad experience, man. You're going to get a bad experience a lot of the time. You might, you might get away with it. Maybe it's a new guy or something, but you know, it's, it's an issue. All right, we're going to let's go back and actually read the review for this one before I go ahead and go into the pictures. Let's go down. Delete this, this one. All right. Oh, man, this is a long one. Let's kind of summarize it. So do not use this company. Do not use this company. Do yourself a favor. Don't waste your time with this guy. And he said he was going to paint his tub. Paint our tub. He gave us a great price of $100 just to do the tub. Oh, no, no, no. You see, now, you see, this here is what I was talking about in the last episode when I say, you people out there who think that someone's doing you a fucking favor by doing you a tub for 100 bucks, those are the people that you got to run away from. Gave us a great price of $100. That should have been the first red flag. If everyone else in your area is advertising $150 to $200 more for a tub, this guy was in it for the cash grab. And if you did not look at the reviews, you did not do your due diligence here because anybody who tells me they're going to do something for me for that cheap, I'm looking at the reviews just to make sure I'm not about to get fucking scammed. Um, 
And apparently they messed up some cabinets or something in the bathroom of, uh, as well. Uh, he started doing the cabinets, but he bought the wrong paint. Oh, so he, oh my. So this is the, this is how he left these people's counters or uh, cabinets. Holy shit. Let's go back over here. God, geez, what did this guy do? Absolutely horrendous. Um, it looks like he did not prep these correctly. Um, this botchy material where it's like kind of specky, kind of looks like he might have not degreased them properly. Um, and so the material rejected the surface. Uh, these, I mean, th this guy just looks like he has no idea what the hell he's doing. Because this test spray right here, he's not even lathering it on thick. He's just making sure the gun is shooting anything out and just going to town. There's no, uh, there's no actually him testing like an actual uh, spray pattern here. And I wonder if this is something that he did too. Because that countertop looks like it has some paint that fell on it. Jeez, I mean, at least he masked it up. But this right here, I mean, he left a big gap on the wall or the stove. I can't tell if that's the wall or the stove. It looks like it's just a wall. A stove would probably be here or the fridge. He left a big gap where he's spraying right there. He did not even bother to mask this up at all, which all it takes is one sheet of paper going down to cover that up. And he did not even bother when he was just spraying really, really close. I mean, this guy is a... He must be, he must be a real pro, don't you think? Wow, I'm sorry that happened to you, but like again, man, you got to do your due diligence, and and you know this this is for the for you contractors out there, man. If you're doing this shit, you really need to go into another profession. Honestly, uh, doing this to people is is wrong, and uh, you know. It's it's you're ruining the industry. Go ruin some other fucking established industry. Don't ruin something that's that's new, that's up and coming. You're you're giving refinishing a bad name doing this shit. Well, obviously this guy. Oh, he has some good ones down here. All right, let's go back to the bad one. I mean, there's just there's some good ones or some bad ones, so. Kind of what I'm summarize what I can summarize from uh oh wow, okay, wait, wait, wait. This is a response from the owner. Alright. This should be interesting. So th this uh woman who's a local guide gave them three stars. She has seventy six reviews. Um the six photos she hasn't posted here because they would show up here, but Response from the owner. So let's see just how incompetent this guy is. This should be interesting because it just looks interesting. From the owner to the three-star review. This loser isn't even a customer of ours. She needs to get a life, click on this loser's name, and read her 50 reviews of companies. She isn't a customer of ours, and she definitely needs a life. Chances are her spouse, if she has one, can't even stand her. Dot, dot, dot. Loser. Wow. Wow. I I cannot believe that. I mean, give this man a round of applause for 
the amount of times he insulted the customer and uh, basically proved to anybody without a shadow of a doubt that he is an absolute nut. Um, I don't care how bad a customer treated you. If you give any fuck about the integrity of your company and getting new customers, you do not talk to anybody like that. You're just showing the world that you cannot handle criticism at all. And he let a lot of ones over here slide. I wonder if there's any any good other responses here. Uh, oh, here, here's another one from Crystal Bowl. And she wrote this review. Um, and uh, let's go ahead and read. This is not our customer. We are not in Pinellas County. I contacted this woman and I told her she wanted, and I told her, and she wanted $300 to remove. Crazy. This is not a customer of Pasco County, Tubbery Finishing. Thanks. Any questions? Please feel free. Contact me. Thanks, John. Well, my idea to block the, uh, the I mean, I guess you could go search it up yourself. I tried to block it the best I could, but this guy's an absolute nut. Um, insane. He's over here telling, it, it, here, he, you know, when you are a liar, you get caught up in your chain of lies. And it's pretty clear that this guy is a liar. I run a Google My Business page for bathtub guys. And so I know that you cannot contact the people on the review. All you could do is put a response from the owner. Um, this guy says, this person is not a customer. I contacted this woman. How would he have contacted her if she's not a customer? If she's not a customer, how did you contact her? Because in Google My Business, you cannot contact customers that leave you a review. So this guy is clearly full of shit. She wanted $300 to remove probably the $300 that you took from her to do the, the work that you did there. Absolutely hilarious. This guy, when you're, like I said, when you're a liar, you get caught up in your web of lies. And he literally admitted that she definitely is a customer and he definitely has her information. And he just, uh, he just reached out to her to tell her to remove the review a person who is not a customer of his, how would he acquire her contact information if it wasn't a customer? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, common things with liars also. This guy is probably patholo pathological or something because uh, it's a common thing with liars is that they start you know, putting stuff up like they have an emergency every week and something finally, you know, something's always going on. And you can see kind of, trends on this review of people saying he's always saying there's an excuse he's always so many things are always happening to him and stuff this is you didn't put a fucking tarp down where you're working jackass fucked up the road driveway um but yeah man i mean so there is there is some piss poor kind of you know contractors out there and uh we're switching back over here to the vi I tried my best. <laughs> I guess I guess it didn't work out next time. I, I guess I'm kind of exposing this man, but I'm not going to say his name, you know, other than when I was reading the review and they referenced him. Um, 
maybe next time I should probably vet them before I, you know, talk about them. But I kind of want to do this off the cuff and get my natural reaction to it, um, which is kind of like what I, that's what I like. Let me see, get to the host zoom. All right. So my opinion on this guy is that he's an absolute loon. Uh, <laughs> he is clearly a nut. Uh, you, like I said, man, you get caught up to your web of lies. If you, if this person isn't a customer, you can't contact them through Google My Business. So, clearly, just, all right. Yeah, but clearly, this guy uh, knew this person and had their contact information, and that's why he contacted them and told them to take the review down. Obviously, the customer probably paid three hundred bucks, and. Uh, you know, it was a garden tub, I believe. So if he's charging like a hundred bucks for a tub for people and scamming them, you could assume that three hundred for the garden tub is probably what he's charging, and she's probably just asking for her money back in return. How nice of her, because I wouldn't. I mean, if you're doing piss poor work, not only would I do a stop payment on the check or do something like that, I would leave the review up if you're doing something like that, some like real sketch shit. And there are people who have done it to us, even after we go and fix it. Or, you know, we try to open lines of communication. And so, like, you know, it's definitely not a case of him being a competent guy who just gets the short end of the stick all the time. He's definitely crazy. And the way he talked to that one lady who just left three stars, I mean, you want to talk about insecurity. This guy's over here calling his customers losers and, you know, the personal attacks. You know, keep the business stuff about business. Don't go. Don't go attacking people. It, it really just screams of, like, childlike insecurity. Um, so now that we did that, something that I want to mention to you guys before I get off of here, I'm, I'm about to get off. We, we're, we're about an hour and nine minutes in. That's what I was looking at a couple seconds ago. I'm just, I'm a one-man show right now, today anyway. So I'm trying to, like, move things along. Something that I want to tell you guys if you are a competent contractor who does good work, I'm not talking about this, this guy. I'm talking about a competent contractor who does good work who maybe just doesn't have enough good reviews and people don't hire you or question a couple of negative reviews that you had. Or The best rule of thumb is incentivize your people your, con your, your happy customers to write a review. Make sure that the negative voices do not overpower the positive ones because the negative ones will paint the narrative all day long. you got to remember, people are emotional. When they feel like they've been mistreated or wronged, they're more, li more likely to go write something negative. When people are happy and chill, a lot of times... You know, that's what they expected. They're not they're not emotional because they're like, well, he just did a great job and I'm happy with it. And, you know, we'll, we move on. When people are angry, their first instinct is, I got to go write a review. I'm going to go fucking lampoon this guy online. So if you're a contractor who does good work, who's competent, and, you know, you honor your warranties and stuff like that, push your good customers. Because if you're a bad one, you don't have good customers. Well, you, you don't have customers because you're the problem. Um, you know, the customer is not the problem. It's you. And you're not going to have customers who have a positive experience if you're a shitty contractor. So good contractors, reach out to them and tell them. And if you need to do something to, to butter them up a little bit, do it. If you see the first day you get onto a job and you see that the tenant of the place or the uh, 
customer is drinking Starbucks or eating McDonald's or something, uh, pay attention to those little details. Look, look at those little details and, you know, tell them like, hey, uh, you know, you know, did you have a good experience? Open the communication, make sure, and, and it, you know, yeah, everything was good except for this, this, and this. And go fix those things because, remember, in this scenario, you're a guy that honors their stuff. You go, you fix their stuff, whatever they had a problem with. And after that, you're like, well, you know, once, you know, they're satisfied and everything, you're like, hey, did you have a good experience? And like, oh, yeah, you answered all my questions, all this. Maybe buy them like a little Starbucks gift card, a McDonald's gift card, a gift card in general for Amazon or something. And tell them, hey, uh, you know, if you could please leave us a review. If you leave us a, a review, just share your experience. Don't tell them it has to be positive or negative, you know, because that's a given if you give them a good experience, even if you have to fix something. Most people just want someone who's responsive. If you respond, and even if the job didn't come out right the first time, you fix it all the second time, everything looks fantastic, and then on top of that, you give them like a little Starbucks gift card for them to pick up a coffee or something, the chances of them writing a three or four star review are pretty like low. It's like one percent. You're probably gonna get a five star review. Because people will have the extremes. If you've noticed, most people have a good experience, five stars. Most people have a bad experience, one star. Very little people go in the in-betweens. So uh set up a good guest experience and they should even though you are in their home and you're their guest. They are a guest to the experience that you're providing for them as a contractor. You got to make them feel comfortable and you also got to incentivize them to speak on their positive experience, not tell them like, hey, you know, like write me a review to get this discount or something, but kind of nudge them in that direction. Like, you know, it really helps us if you write a review. If you can't afford it, just, hey, it really helps us if you write a review you know, everybody, you know, like, you know, you could tell them like, hey, you know, you hired us and we appreciate you giving us the opportunity and you could see the quality quality of our work. And a lot of times people don't speak up, speak up enough for the positive. And, you know, some people might get the impression that we're a bad company because of these couple reviews. So, if you know, if you could just take some minutes out of your time, that would be helpful. And if you want to, um, you know, give them like maybe like five bucks off or a gift card or a future credit or uh, you know, anything that you can do to kind of nudge them in that direction is really, really helpful. Uh, obviously, the ideal scenario is you provide such a good, you know, experience that you just mention it to them and they go and do it. But don't just assume people are going to write good reviews. Always kind of, you know, nudge them in that direction. And where you need to be posting reviews is on Facebook uh, or, you know, where you need to have people post reviews is on, mostly on Facebook and more importantly, Google My Business, because like I said, I consider it the front page for services. I mean, uh, that's where people read your reviews. That's where people look at your My Business page and see how active you are. So you hop on there and make sure that, you know, uh, you know, you're posting stuff. Make sure that when you do a good job and people are happy with it, you get them to share that experience. Make sure the positive experiences are out there so that they outweigh the few negative ones. Like I said, how many times have you, you know, it's just a given. You go to the store and you get what you need and everything was a flawless experience and you don't feel the need to go like write a review to Walmart like, oh, well, everything was exactly as expected, fantastic five stars. It's a given. But when it's a service business uh, and something goes wrong, 
people get emotional, they're spending a lot of money, and they go and they'll start, you know, writing bad things. And you just got to make sure that if you have people who have had a positive experience, that that stuff goes to the forefront of your reviews. And you kind of, you know, you start drowning out some of those negative voices that maybe was just a disgruntled employee who wrote something bad or uh, a customer that, you know, didn't read the paperwork and had bad expectations or whatever the heck, uh, by doing that, you get the positive voices out there and you get an overall better, uh, you know, looking list of reviews. And also, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it overall helps your business. It's the image that you want to be portraying is as positive as possible. And I'm not saying like bribe people and like, you know, use gift cards to get people to write you five-star reviews. But what I am saying is, if you need to nudge someone into sharing their positive experience after they already had the positive experience, there is nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with that because everybody will pay attention to the negative reviews and if they want to say that buying someone a gift card is wrong for them to share the positive experience that they had, maybe you know, nudge them in that direction, you know, it's, it's, there's really just nothing wrong with it. So that's one tip that I have for you. If you're a contractor and other than that, uh, I think we ran through everything today. Well, I kind of had a little bit of a fail. Um, you know, unfortunately, let me see if I can get my, there you go. I had a little bit of a fail. Unfortunately, uh, I tried my best to block the, <laughs> the contractor that I was, uh, kind of, you know, showing the negative reviews that they had and, uh, here in Florida, but most of you probably know who who they are. I don't know if they're that new again, Tub and Tile, but uh, the actual name was in there because someone wrote it in the review. Um, so sorry about that. Uh, if I offended the guy behind this, I'm actually really not sorry because kind of looks like you're pretty shitty. Um, but in the future. Once I, I, you know, I'm going to go into companies who are higher rated and kind of go, I'm not going to, uh, you know, I'm going to do better to not show anything. What I probably will do is start like, you know, screen capture a couple of them and without even reading them and kind of put them in a list together, whatever ones catch my eye without actually reading them, just so I can give you guys a genuine reaction. Um, but um, I don't want to, you know, turn this into an expose people podcast, although that guy kind of deserved it. And I didn't really say it. Like, again, it's just something that I was reading. It was in the review, and what am I going to do? Uh, but going forward, I'll do a better job of that. Uh, but I'm going to go through some of the higher-rated companies and uh, even some of our own and look to see, you know, some of the discrepancies that they have, uh, some things that maybe they, they don't agree with, and kind of see maybe if I could find what went wrong or maybe, like, you know, if it's bullshit, see if I can catch the lie in the review. And that's kind of like a little segment that we can do. Uh, going forward just to kind of spice things up. I don't want this just to be uh, me talking about business and for an hour. I mean, you could do something fun and change it up. And, uh, you know, I'm one of those people that I like to do different things. I mean, if you can't tell, I'm kind of like, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm the only bathtub refinisher here with a fucking podcast. I'm over here, you know, in my professional setup with an alien and fucking astronaut Bob Ross and SpongeBob. So, like, I'm... I, I want to make this entertaining and I feel like I could do that. And I feel like that was pretty entertaining for a lot of you. <laughs> so anyway, 
I'm going to leave you guys there. We did about an hour and 19 minutes today. Thank you guys for watching. Um, and uh, I will see you guys in the next one. Thank you for watching. You just listened to the official Bathtub Refinishing Podcast, powered by Bathtub Guys Refinishing. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Feel free to ask any questions or suggest topics for the next episode by following at Bathtub Guys on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. And thanks for listening.